In this fourth episode of Will Work for Purpose, we talk all about art with illustrator Alex Braun. We talk about the life experiences and desires of an artist, uh, the intent behind their work, and the types of artwork that are most meaningful in the world today. So without further ado, please enjoy the fourth episode of Will Work for Purpose. Today on this episode of Will Work for Purpose, we're joined by Alex Braun, who is a professional illustrator and art director at T-Turtle. He also runs an Instagram page that's amassed some 40,000 followers. You can find him at Axe Braun. Alex, how are you doing? Hey, Adam, I'm doing well. Thanks for having me on. Awesome. So what exactly is an illustrator? What's an art director? What exactly do you do like for work? Um, so right now I do all of it. Um, I, I do artwork, illustration, uh, some graphic design. So right now, I, I currently kind of have um, two two parts of my life. I, I do a lot of freelance work and um, a lot of personal work uh, that you can find on my Instagram. It's axbron at a x b r a u n. And then I also have my full time work that is an art director for T Turtle and uh, Unstable Unicorns. We um, do a lot of artwork related products, starting with graphic t-shirts and sort of pop cultural designs, as well as tabletop card games. Um, you may see some recently. Uh, our, our first one being Unstable Unicorns, you may find it at Amazon, Target, Walmart, and um, our new one that should be on Target shelves soon that is here to slay. Um, that's one of my more recent projects that I'm fairly proud of. But um, yeah, so I am a full-time art director, um, meaning I just kind of oversee a team of artists and we have our cues each week of doing designs for t-shirts, uh, card games, et cetera. So you're also like an illustrator by trade. Whenever you, what exactly does an illustrator do? Do you just draw pictures and doodles and like those are like stills or are they something, are they animated? Are they like videos or, you know, what, it, what exactly classifies as an illustration? So yeah, we do all of it, starting from doodles all the way into animation stuff as well. Um, so as the art director, I am also sort of uh, leading a lot of the production uh, myself from you know all the illustration work to animations. Um, so throughout the week, it's just us starting uh, on a, a batch of t-shirt designs or say we're jumping into a new season of Kickstarter where we're doing a new game and developing that. Um, which those I, I definitely find a lot more enjoyable. Um, but yeah, for most of the part, when once we start a new card game, I'm doing a lot of the um, setting the vision and the you know, sort of style of the artwork at the very beginning. Um, so a lot of times to start, we are kind of talking about the vision of the game and like, what is, what is the tone? Like, is it something serious? Is it something that kind of pokes fun at itself? Um, what kind of um, audience are we reaching with this? Are we reaching more of a hardcore gaming audience or just kind of some starters, uh, just some people who want to play a party card game for fun? So I'm doing a lot of work and just kind of setting that vision, doing a lot of the initial concept art and illustration, and then just kind of overseeing all the production, you know, from the line art to the colors to the finish, kind of making it all cohesive and unified just to look like it's one game. And then um, at the end, I'm usually doing the animation and setting that vision of kind of what uh, what is it sort of a hype animation for this game that uh, gives a lot of the the vision of the game the tone etc sometimes just how it's played um, so yeah that's just kind of all my job is just kind of being a uh, creative arm for all of this company t-turtle on save unicorns etc so I can assume that you didn't start out this successful. Most artists and most artists rarely see the kind of success that you have uh, seen. Like, how exactly did you get into drawing? And when you began uh, doing art, were you like, yeah, this is going to be my career. I'm going to do this for a living. Like, this is this is the line that I'm going to walk. Were you were, were you at all, were you thinking about the future? or Were you just kind of doing it just to do it? Was it something you were good at and found fun? Or did you suck yeah. at it when it get better? Kind of how did that begin? Oh, man. Um... Yeah, it, it began all the way back into our memory. I feel kind of um, like I, I, I kind of got an easy stick in life because I know a lot of people uh, spend a lot of their early childhoods wondering what they do and what they want to do, like what's their passion, what's their profession. Um, but at the very beginning, I just knew I wanted to draw things for a living. Um, 
ever since I can remember, like since I was a kid, I just always liked drawing on, on paper with pencils. Um, you know, just being that crazy kid in the corner with the crayons and just scribbling and, and screaming along with my artwork. Um, you know, it, it was something that I just kind of grew into um, growing up. You know, I was definitely the kid where, uh, it, as a boy in America, it was perceived that I would jump into sports and I had my, my room all decked out and, and sports attire, baseballs, footballs, but instead, um, you know, I grew to start drawing a lot of dinosaurs and dragons <laughs> instead. So at the very beginning, I just knew it was something I liked to do. Um, you know, that was just my hobby that I did all throughout school, just for fun and my free time, um, and even with friends sometimes. Um, so just when, growing up. Whenever sorry, you, no, go ahead. Uh, whenever, whenever you began, were your parents upset? Like they had preconceived your, like, you're going to be a sports boy. Like you're going to do all this stuff. And then you started drawing, you know, dragons, dinosaurs, and, you know, knights in armor. Were they like, oh no, or were they supportive of your, like, passion to draw yeah no they were definitely supportive um you know it was something that they were very open to and just started to see uh very early on you know um i was definitely like signed up for a lot of sports um you know baseball basketball soccer etc um and then it just started i started growing out from there you know when i was sitting in the outfield and um building sand castles just because i'd rather be doing something else um, so yeah, it was just kind of a, a steady progression of, of me kind of moving out of sports and into this world of illustration, just because um, it, it became very apparent to my parents that that was just what I wanted to do. And they, they supported me all the way. Um, you know, they, they never had a doubt. They knew it was something I enjoyed. And, um, you know, a lot of their encouragement and openness to it definitely um, helped to inspire me and just to help me achieve the career that I have now. So was there ever a moment where they realized that? Like, can you, can you imagine like, or think back, like, did you draw something and they were like, wow, my son is really talented. Maybe this is actually going to be his path. Or were they supportive, even if you were going to suck at this thing, you know? Yeah, I think they were supportive either way. Um, you know, it's really hard to tell because, you know, being that they would have been supportive, even if it was bad drawings or not. Um, I definitely think, you know, that's a whole conversation itself of like being inspired and to perform me better at something. Um, but I, I think it, definitely around high school is, you know, when I started taking it very seriously myself, um, especially jumping into digital illustration to where that's just kind of where I spent a lot of my free time in high school is just kind of developing my style, developing um, the work and understanding of how to do art digitally to where once my parents saw me taking it serious for myself, you know, they were just very encouraging of that the whole way, just because, you know, they could see where my head was at. They could see that I was inspired and that I just, this is the profession that I wanted to pursue. So whenever you went into high school, that's kind of when things kicked off and you started doing, you said you started doing digital animation. Uh, yeah. did, did they have classes for that or did you kind of, did you seek that out on your own or how did you find out about digital animation? Because uh, I definitely seeked it out on my own. Um, yeah, I just kind of started to immerse myself in the world of online digital art. Um, you know, a lot of other artists may know of DeviantArt, which is kind of one of the first uh, online uh, art platforms where people post their illustrations and drawings to where I just spent a lot of time on that and just became very inspired with what people were doing on there. And especially the new technology of digital illustration um, just allows for a lot more uh, flexibility and a lot more addition of, of, you know, using screens to really enrich the designs to get a higher level of saturation and light. And I, I was just really intrigued by being able to, to use light in that way with digital illustration. Um, so they didn't really have any classes for it. It was just something where I kind of, uh, for my 16th birthday, I got a Wacom tablet. Um, just that sort of pen that you plug into your computer and you're able to do illustration and artwork online. Um, so yeah, you got one. Exactly. Well, I didn't know you were an illustrator. No, no, I tried to be, I wanted to be, I just kind of liked the tablet and I liked the feel. And I, I, unlike you have no talent for drawing and I, I tried to learn to draw. Um, but oh, man, something well, I could never pick up. You can get started with that right there. I can teach you how. Mm -hmm. Awesome. But yeah, so after I got one of those, I just kind of uh, spent a lot of time uh, on my own and just kind of figuring out how to do artwork online or on the computer. And did you, did you find that you preferred doing it on the computer or do you still sometimes think back to like, oh, I wish I could just draw with pen, paper and, or, you know, or paint or is painting similar at all? Or do you prefer your digital medium or do you kind of wish that you could go back to the, 
uh, original um, instruments? Yeah, I, I do prefer digital illustration, but I do uh, also admire a lot of the traditional tools of painting um, and sketching and ink. Um, so maybe like once a year, a lot of times there's the Inktober challenge that a lot of artists know of. That's the, um, you know, taking all of October and doing an ink drawing a day. Um, it's where I really admire jumping back into it every now and then just for the sake of trying to understand the traditional medium just because it's a lot harder to control definitely requires a lot more discipline whereas digital illustration is just so much more flexible like you don't have to worry about making a mess um you know right now i do a lot of it on my ipad so i can just take that everywhere don't have to worry about cleaning up after but also just have a lot more control over the illustration um, and just being able to to get it the way i want without having to spend a lot of time erasing or or, or fixing mistakes do you find like uh, having respect for like the old tools or learning with the old tools uh, like that helps you with your current art process? Or do you do you, you do hold them in esteem? But like, do you think that someone who's doing what you do would need to start there or can they start digitally? Uh, yeah, I definitely think there's a time and place for someone to go through a season of, of practicing traditional medium. Um, just for the sake of, of really exercising, you know, the, the hand to paper type of uh, discipline and exercise in your hand. Um, but, it, you know, just the fact that it's very disciplinary to where, you know, you can make a lot of big mistakes and have a hard time fixing it. It definitely trains you to think about a lot of these things very early on in order to um, save yourself trouble later. And that's definitely like a lot of traditional medium like paint especially painting, you know, you want to figure out a lot of it before because, you know, you only get so many times where you can um, like paint on top of something until you start to notice. Um, well, it, it also depends on the medium, um, but it's a lot of, you know, setting up things uh, very far in advance and really having a vision for a design, which I think is important to whereas with illustration, you know, you can um, take any any point and just completely uh, change the course of like the way you want to do colors or the lighting or the composition. Mm -hmm. Do you think uh, modern art has become less valuable with like the advent of things like digital uh, digital artistry and like just the increase in the availability of all the art products like back in the day uh, you paint something like uh, I don't know a famous painting the Mona Lisa or you know um, something something famous like that like those are worth you know millions and millions of dollars mm -hmm. and they're only like a handful of these renaissance paintings or ancient paintings and they're all worth a lot of money do you think that we'll ever see art like that ever again like art of that caliber of that value or do you think it's sort of like been uh, devalued or cheapened uh by sort of the modern process yeah, I definitely think there's a time and place for um, still modern artwork with traditional medium. Um, but it's a lot more hidden. Um, but there are definitely like so many artists still nowadays who just do a lot of uh, really amazing traditional media work. Um, and, you know, um, like their, their work is still amazing. A lot of people still admire those artists just for their ability to, um, you know, uh, create it so hands on um, to whereas digital media is kind of you know the seems like the media the medium of the future to where that that's what you see most of because it's so much more accessible it's cheaper um and you know there are definitely a lot of people who still really admire what people are making in um digital media medium so there's definitely the the, the two sides to where it's you know i can't really say that one of them is being devalued but i i think um just the opening up of digital illustration work has really led a lot of people um, to admire a lot of new artists because they're, they can take it up a lot easier and just display a lot more work a lot more quickly and a lot more effectively with um, social media. Mm. Um, do you know of any current artists that are producing things of like, you know, on the level of the, the Mona Lisa or I, I don't know, I, what are some other really famous Renaissance paintings? Like, do you know uh, any off the top of your head, one or two? Uh, there's a lot that I can think of, but as far as like my mm -hmm. favorites, I, I can't quite think of like particular Renaissance artists that mm -hmm. like- Are just old art. Uh, whew. Man, it, it's hard to tell because a lot of what I do is like so, so modern, modern and, and yeah. so inspired by like the new age um, mm -hmm. illustration and concept work and just really honing in on like 
color theories for like movies and video games and, and mm-hmm. really kind of how to capture certain aesthetics and feelings within those. So you'd say most of your inspiration comes from modern art as opposed to, I don't know, you call Renaissance, pre-Renaissance, that sort of old medium, like most of your art is inspired by what's created today? Yeah, most definitely. Um, Yeah, especially considering kind of with my origins of like seeing a lot of work on DeviantArt, like it's definitely a lot of very um, pop cultural sort of drawings of like, oh, big cool dragons, like very fantasy type of world or, or, oh, I like the way that sort of person was illustrated like with the lights and the, and the paintings and just the way they were able to to do that and you know the digital illustration that, that's just been a lot of my inspiration mostly um just growing up is just very modern sort of pop culture artists so i guess to switch gears a little bit like so you're obviously you're very you're very successful now like you don't have millions and millions of followers but like you've got you've got a following and you're you're growing exponentially like your work is all of your work is constantly improving and you know, you're, you've been promoted and all these things like you're, you're experiencing an upward trend uh, that you've, I mean, you've worked your whole life essentially training for. Uh, and we kind of talked about you beginning off, like you, you knew immediately this was what you were going to do. Uh, mm-hmm. Did you ever find that well, even now, I guess, even with your following, do you create your art for other people or do you always create it for yourself first? Well, man, that's a, that's a good question because that's that's definitely been a sort of mental journey that I've been on for a while, especially kind of with um, a new grown following on Instagram and social media um, to where it's something that I've had to think a lot about of what and who do I do this for? Um, you know, just to start out being honest, there's a lot of lies that social media can present to you as far as what you... Um, like the, the, the satisfaction that you receive from knowing that a lot of people are, are looking at your art and illustration. Um, because, you know, starting to move up in Instagram and, and starting to attract more followers, I, I really start to question kind of my motives, you know, a, after I, I post illustrations and stuff to where, you know, we, when we're all honest, we, we can all say that like, yeah, I, I really like to get a lot of likes on my posts. Um, to where once that happens, you know, it's definitely like, like an ego boost of like, wow, there's a lot of people who really like this, like, oh, you know, they must like what I'm, uh, producing and and creating. Therefore, like, oh, I have a lot of value in in these people's eyes. Um, but it's definitely something that, um, has kind of teased me time and time again of any time I post something and then, um, just for the likes or just for the attraction or attention. Um, after I get that, I find, you know, like, oh, that's not really what I needed, you know, I don't really want to do this just for the sake of getting people to see it and notice me because the more that I focus on that, the more, the less focus I have on the purpose of the illustration itself and kind of the meaning of the drawing. Um, And I really lose that when I focus on doing it just to be seen. Um, Well, like, yeah, I want it to be seen, but you know, it makes me question like, why do I want it to be seen? Like, is this for me or is this kind of to share with an audience to where we can all kind of enjoy the the sort of story that I've created together? So there's a, there's a lot to be thinking about as far as, you know, motives there. Uh, In my case, like I like to write and I, and I try to do it a lot, but I can't write unless I have something to say. Do you find that you, do you find it's harder to draw when you don't have something that you want to convey? Like when you don't have a message, is it more difficult for you to get into the art? Yeah, absolutely. Um, Because that's definitely just like writing. It's definitely a huge process with illustration or especially for me um, because what really helps me to um, set the stage for a drawing is the story. Um, And right now, you know, I'm kind of working on a series of illustrations that's um, based around some of these dinosaur characters that I created. And every time I pick one up, I I start to think of like, what is the story of this character? Um, You know, who are they? Uh, What's their purpose in life? What's their job? Um, How do they feel? What are are their motives, etc. To where a lot of those things within my art definitely impact and, and affect the the final outcome because that's really what I thrive for in my illustrations is to make sure that the that sort of story of, of who this is and, and what's going on in this scene um, that's really just how that's uh, what I want to be conveyed at the end of the day 
do you find it's difficult for like whenever you produce something do you find that people are able to discern the meaning behind it or do you find that like you produce it and only you understand the meaning or are you able to convey your message effectively through your art medium like frequently i'll write something or say something uh and most times it'll be either misrepresented or misunderstood or you know any number of what taken the wrong way or like if i'm criticizing one group of people i i may like i may be criticizing actually you know everybody on either side of the argument and uh -huh. Regard, depending on who who is reading it, they assume that I'm criticizing the other side always. You know, mm -hmm. like, do you find that that sort of um, intelligibility or that on it like that? Do you find that your message frequently misses the mark, or do you find that like most people get what you're doing basically? Man, that's a that's a golden question right there, um, because it, it's it's very dependent. Like, there's a lot of times where I'm you know, I'm making something and I have a very particular vision or a story in mind, but I also find a lot of satisfaction when someone also finds their own meaning within it themselves. Um, it, it was definitely prevalent in a project that I worked on a while ago, um, which was an animation that I did for my senior project called Lost Roots. And it was something where I had a very particular vision of like what that meant to me. Um, but then a lot of people coming forward who had watched it and seen it, they were able to decipher their own meaning and say like, wow, I really liked how this represented this. Um, and I'm just like, wow, like that's, that's not what I had thought of, but that makes perfect sense. Um, so, you know, when we kind of get into the, um, like finding the, the purpose in, in illustration, there's definitely a lot of moments where I have a very um, direct vision of what the purpose is for this, but then anytime someone else can find their own purpose or own meaning in it, that is not exactly what I thought. I still just find a lot of satisfaction in it, you know, assuming that it's, it's more of a positive direction and that it, it really affects the, the viewer in an intimate way where like they can really connect with it. Has there ever been an interpretation that's like bummed you out where you like you created something and someone like took it and, and totally made it something it wasn't and made it worse and sort of produced a negative interpretation of what you've created? Um, not really. I, 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 yeah, I guess I really haven't had that moment. Um, you know, I would be bummed out if it was like, you know, someone taking something that I meant to be so lightly and, you know, they take mm -hmm. it like, oh, you, you meant this as like a, 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 as a, as a nod to these types of people or mm -hmm. like to, to make this certain stance, stance against these people. Like anytime it's something of like mm -hmm. where someone can take it in an offensive way, then, you know, um, I'd rather not that be the case, but I really haven't. Um, for the most part, anytime that I've heard someone um, decipher their own meeting from it, it's in a very positive direction. Um, even if that's just like a mood that someone gets from it. Like some of my favorite comments of, you know, people seeing my stuff are when they're just like, wow, like this just made me happy. Um, it, it's like the most generic thing you can hear, but just when I know that it, it kind of brightens someone else's mood or, you know, they look at it and they're able to interpret um, something of the story that just lifts them up um that's just kind of the most basic form of enjoyment that i can get from someone's perception of what i've drawn are there things um i originally asked the question if you create your art for yourself or for other people and you kind of you you answer that question but I, i'm curious to think that or to ask are, are there any things that you produce that you'd never share like you you literally you, you just make it and it's like saved on your hard drive somewhere and you just made it for yourself for that moment you know like many times i'll write like if i'm angry or upset i'll write something very long and i'll never share it with anybody i'll just write it and have it and that's just something i wrote that's angry um, yeah, yeah. just to express those feelings uh, in the medium that i enjoy do you ever have something like you're really sad and you draw something you don't share it you just made it to express those feelings Mm, yeah, absolutely. Um, I have like a whole folder of sort of sketches and, and concepts that I that I've done and started on, like whether they just be uh, very intimate concepts or just things that I don't want people to see or just stories that I'd rather not share. Um, yeah, I, I have a lot of those because, um, you know, I, I definitely don't want to like art and illustration just to be this thing that um, I don't have control of, like whether that be a control issue, I don't know. Um, but there's just a lot of things that I don't always want to give to the general public because, you know, I, I want some of these things to be personal to me. And, um, you know, if other people start 
start to view them and see them, then I'll start to get this perception of like, what will they think about it? Um, yeah, I, I have a lot of projects, um, you know, especially work in project, work in process projects that um, I don't want to share just because I don't want, um, as selfish as, as it sounds, I don't want other people's feedback yet. Um, mm. You know, I don't want other people to really influence it, or then I'm going to start to think, um, oh, here's a direction that this can go to make sure that person is satisfied or that that person is satisfied. Um, because then I really start to lose kind of my own motive of what the meaning is, you know, not that like, I, I do appreciate feedback, but you know, I, I think it's very, um, has to be very controlled. Like, uh, if, and when I do receive feedback, just because like there, it is such a, you know, personal process that I like to walk through that, you know, sharing it, I start to get these very mixed feelings about it. And, um, it's definitely been something that I've been implementing lately, kind of with my projects, like I'll do this thing to where I do a whole series of designs, um, but then I don't share them until they're all done. Because I notice that once I start sharing them, the later ones are starting to be affected by what other people have perceived with the first ones. Mm -hmm. You know, it's like, oh, a lot of people like that one, uh, but not that one. So I have to make the next one to look more like that popular one. Mm -hmm. And it really just starts to um, intertwine itself into the way that I'm thinking when I do these illustrations to where I, you know, I want the, the motivation to be pure and just for the sake of the story rather than to appease what people want to see. Mm. Do you find that your, your art process benefits from your intimate involvement with it? Like, do you think your art would suffer if you, you only were producing it for other people or do you find like, uh, like, your success is based on in part your ability to take this internalize it and like make like your art i would i would think is based off the way you talk about it and just knowing you as an individual your art seems like a part of yourself a part of your identity and every time you produce it it's like giving a part of that away uh do you find that it's important for your art to be a part of you yeah absolutely um you know because uh there's definitely a lot of artists out there who um, you know, still talented artists, but there's a lot of artists who really want to do this just for um, the fame and, and to get the attention and, and the likes and, you know, to, to each their own. And, you know, whatever you want to do with art is whatever you want to do. Um, but there's a lot of people that I can tell, like, there's sort of that disconnect with um, the intimacy of their art, like, uh, rather than just posting, um, you know, a picture of the latest movie. Um, just because you want to jump on the, the bandwagon uh, and the hype train for it. So it's, um, it, it's definitely a thing where I, I know I can notice it a lot with other people's art of like, you know, if they're just doing it to be seen or if they're doing it because they actually really care about the story. And that's definitely a huge thing that we have started to see in Hollywood, like productions and films to where, um, you know, it's people that just really want to milk the movie um, for uh, its characters or its IP, and they focus so heavily on pleasing the fan base where they really start to lose sight of the story, which is, uh, I think, actually the most important within those films. Mm. So would you, you, so you'd rather have like a, a drawing by me, stick figures and the like, that was infused with immense meaning and intimacy than something that looks like uh, you know something I, I don't i don't i can't think of maybe something like an animation like into the spider-verse but devoid of all meaning and value would you would you yeah. so you prefer the meaningful one over the non-meaningful one i guess yeah I, I would say i would say so because you know if you know into the spider-verse one of my favorite movies right now mm -hmm. um I, as i'm sure you know yeah um, but yeah, like the reason I really like that is because uh, of the meaning of the story. It, it has nothing to do with trying to make a point other than just a, a humanistic point of like the heart in our characters. Um, and that's why I love the movie to where if it was just a movie geared towards, um, you know, letting you see really cool bad guys and, and action scenes, like, yeah, that'd be super exciting and I'd love to see it, but um, it's probably not something that's gonna stick with me a few years later. Um, as opposed to, you know, if you told me, if you drew a picture of a stick figure for me and we had a long conversation of what the stick figure meant to you and, and how it resembles someone you love, I, I, I would have remembered that later down the road. Um, so, yeah. 
what, what do you think the best way is to divulge the secrets of art? Like, what do you, th- or, you know, like, what do you think is the best way to understand what someone meant by their art? Like, you can't always ask the artist, you know, what did you mean when you drew, you know, drew the shadows this way and that way? And when you implemented six characters instead of five, like what, what were, what was your process? Like sometimes it's, it's self-evident what the meaning is like in a story where there's narrative and things like that, like you can kind of develop, you can kind of understand what they were meaning by the progression of the story. But in other cases where maybe it's a still image, uh, how, how do you begin to understand art essentially, or the meaning of the art? If it's, for instance, a still image. Hmm. Man, do you so have a, a process. A you, you may not have a process, but if you do, I'd love to hear it. Yeah. Um, to me, right now, it's you know just a lot of things that I've been studying with um, like color theories and compositions. Um, you know, with a lot of modern art, like especially in concept art, that's definitely what I'm looking for. Um, like there's a there's like this whole language of art and illustration that um it's not math at all but it's really based on you know getting the viewer to feel a specific way it's very much parts of like what are you putting in front right in front of their face um what's hidden in the background like um where is your eye directed so it's definitely a whole sort of um sort of mental science to to get the viewer to look at something very specific um, so when I look at a piece and, you know, when I start to follow the composition that the artist set up, like, what is it that they want me to look at in certain orders or directions? That's kind of how I start to, to find meaning. Um, you know, it, I, I suppose it's hard to explain without a very, um, visible example, but you know, there's a lot of those tactics that I start to use a lot of my own work, um, just to guide the viewer and try to hope that they, um, receive a very specific type of understanding from the design. Do you use a lot of art? Like uh, for me, I, I like symbolism. So like I like looking at something and like I can kind of understand what's meant by the symbols being used. Like if I understand that, uh, like for instance, in Christianity, the symbol of the cross stands for all that the cross stands for, crucifixion, resurrection, etc. And so like when I see that, I understand what that symbol means. Are there any recurrent symbols that you use in your artwork to convey meaning? Um, man, I, I really love just using, um, light to, to kind of push that, um, whether it be like very, uh, harsh light on like sort of intimate moments or very low light on kind of some more like hidden or, or secretive, um, meanings behind illustrations. Like, you know, it, it's a little more vague than something like the cross, but it's something of like just using light is very much something that I have consistently, um, to really kind of give this sort of immersive glow within whatever you're looking at. Um, like I want it, I want the viewer to kind of have this feeling of like this, there, there's something intimate happening with this character and what they're doing because of like the amount of light and how it's reflecting off of certain things. And, um, you know, just adding more like bounce light, rim lights, et cetera, just to really present this character and in, in almost like a, a fantasy-esque type of light. Um, just to kind of display that sort of intimacy of like what I have, like creating the character. Um, I, I just kind of, yeah, I want that to be seen, like just, just the love that I have for this very particular story or something. So if that answers the question. Yeah, I, I think you answered it sufficiently. I think it, like you, you kind of want to more, you want to, you want your meaning to be subtle as opposed to bold and in your face. Like, yeah. I, and I, I, I can uh, empathize with that sentiment because I myself, I don't like being so bold and forward as to speak directly to a topic. If I'm writing something, I'd like, I like writing and alluding to it and kind of like, it's almost like everyone knows what I'm talking about, but I don't have to say it in a way, you know, like right. you, you can look at something and like you can draw it in such a way that like, if you were really thinking about it, like if you understood that there was meaning in art, you would know that this meaning was uh, you were the emphasis on light and goodness and like, Mm-hmm. laying bare those intimate moments or like the the you know the emphasis on the on the dark lighting which you know would make it more of like secretive conspiratorial hidden you know kind of like uh right. e- maybe evil kind of thing like light good dark bad uh you know like that that's a that's a fundamental understanding across the board but then like right. but to use it in art most people forget that to, to think of literal light and literal darkness as symbols of good and evil i think you mm-hmm. know like and you know right 
Yeah, you know, with, with both of our mediums, um, uh, we, we both kind of have that sort of um, process of alluding to something. Um, you know, I basically like to see it as like, like open arms, like, come, like kind of in, inviting people in to, um, to, to find their own understanding in what you're doing, you know, to let all those who have ears listen sort of mentality of, you know, if, if you want to find meaning in this, like, you know, come on in and I'll kind of um, show you the meaning and, you know, then you'll really start to see uh, as opposed to, you know, there's a lot of mediums out there um, that are very propaganda focused that's like, um, I'm gonna I'm gonna tell you what this means right now and be upfront in your face about it, um, but you know it, it's very hard for people to accept something like that, and I think that's just something um, that a lot of our culture struggles with is that sort of difference of inviting someone in um, to your illustration rather than uh, pushing a meaning in their face, you know. I, so I don't know how much you actually browse social media, Instagram, Facebook, et cetera. Uh, but uh, from my experience, I've seen an uptick in propaganda, like the, the like of what you're talking about. Well, they'll, they'll mm -hmm. present an image and maybe it's a photograph or maybe it's a drawing or maybe it's cartoon or something like that. And it's very, you know, it's presenting, it's, you know, it's presenting an ideology in a favorable light using sort of misrepresenting it or making it look better than it is. Um, and I, I don't know if you've experienced that, but for me, I personally find that concerning uh, just because of the high user volume of these platforms before propaganda existed in the newspaper and the radio uh, and was on, you know, plastered on walls. And so like maybe like 10,000 people will see it, but now it's like potentially, you know, 2 billion people could see some, right. some, some piece of propaganda on social media uh, that's arguing for a position or presenting a position that uh, if carried out would uh, be uh, devastating for humanity. Do you find do you find that worrisome? Like that art is kind of being uh, maligned or used in such a like a perverse way? Do you, like does that ever upset you to see art being used for evil? Basically, yeah, um, I would definitely say yes um, mm -hmm. because it's it's the same as you know current world propaganda is when people take Jesus and, and use that to influence a very specific direction or, or taking any sort of um, ideas that are outside of um, politics or any sort of conversation and using those sort of um, subjective ideas to make an objective point, which I, I don't think that ever works um, to where, yeah, it, it's the same way to where um, like when, when people Sorry, what, what was the question again? It, it was uh, basically what. What are your feelings of, of people who use uh, art for evil, for evil purposes, or to oh, kind yeah. of yeah? So yeah, sorry, tying it back into art. Um, yeah, it, it's it's sort of the same way. Like you know, um, it, it's very hard for me to get on board with someone who's um, using their art just to make me think a very specific way, um, because it's. It's just not inviting and you know it's already kind of cutting half of their audience and or, or like you know only maybe choosing a very like specific like one-fifth of audience um but you know teach their own to where if that's something that someone wants to do then you know by all means they they have the right to do it um but i noticed that it, it definitely turns me off um from you know wanting to just be more immersed in the design but then if it's something that's um trying to convict me to floss my teeth twice a day, then I'm going to start to feel a little uncomfortable. Mm. Um, but I can still admire it for the work that it is, you know, mm -hmm. as like, a like if it, illustration. If it's a beautiful piece of propaganda or something like that, like just well, you can appreciate like the craftsmanship that goes behind it. Yeah, exactly. It's like, I can appreciate that, but I might not get on board. So therefore, mm -hmm. um, you know, it robs robs it from some of its flavor in a sense. Exactly. I'm not going to have quite the enjoyment that I would have. Mm. So. so I guess to switch gears a little bit uh, to kind of go into a different domain. Uh, I know in the art community at large, like uh, mental health and mental illness in particular uh, is sort of one, it's, it's a, almost a universal struggle. There's something about artists that throughout history have been tormented through for, by, by mental issues depression, anxiety, uh, anxiety, anxiety mm -hmm. uh, you know, other mood disorders, bipolar, uh, you know, dissociative disorders, things like that. Like uh, a lot of artists, uh, writers, uh, painters, sculptors, all those types of individuals for whatever reason seem to have suffered more than the 
um, general population. And mm -hmm. do you do you find like um, I guess what's what's your feel for that? You you hang out with a lot of artists. You work with a lot of artists. Do you find that a lot of the people you tend to associate with are I guess either ill or, or sort of, I guess you could call them quirky. Maybe they're not ill, but maybe they have some different personality traits. Do you find that that seems to be like even true nowadays? Yeah, I think it's very common um, because there's, there's a difference between people who do illustration uh, as a hobby as opposed to those who do it for a type of meditation mm. um, or a type of practice that they use to cope with things, you know, but both both are good, you know, whatever someone wants to do art for is, you know, um, do you, but, uh, you know, for myself, it, it's definitely something where I use it as a, as a meditation to cope with things. And that's definitely how I used it back then. Like, you know, in my early childhood, like I had a really hard time fitting in, um, kind of getting into the crowd, like making friends or even just having conversations, just a lot of social anxiety that I feel like, um, kept me from certain groups of people or, or making a lot of friends so it was type of it was the type of thing that i gravitate towards to to kind of um fulfill myself with something something else you know um to to kind of take my mind away or you know fix my thoughts and you know sort of negativize ideas and, and flip them into something a lot more productive um so i i do have like a lot of friends that kind of feel the same way of you know like they like to get immersed and lost in an illustration because you know it's a it, it's a getaway at times it's something that you know you start to get into and then you start to not um, think about certain things like I notice that anytime I sit down to do an illustration um, I'm usually going into it with a problem in my head uh, like something that I'm dealing with or struggling with to where it really becomes a thing of like the way I'm working out this illustration is also how I'm starting to work out the issue that I'm thinking of, whether it be something I'm anxious about um, or just depression or anxiety about something. I'm really taking those things with me and, and um, letting those get lost as I start to become more immersed in the illustration. Um, so, you know, for me, it's definitely been a helpful thing and it's been something that's been very purposeful in helping me, um, you know, to deal with very specific things in my life. Um, and and I, I think a lot of other people are that way. And that's why, you know, they really start to get to that next level of illustration to where like they're, they're better than better because, you know, they're using this to survive type of thing. Uh, and, that, and that's uh, maybe a follow-up question. Do you find that like your, your sort of spiritual entanglement with, with the art, does that, that make, that make, does that make you a better artist? Do you find that people who have this, uh, thorn in their side essentially does that does that spur them on to be greater artists do you think in some sense uh that pain is necessary to become a great artist oh yeah it's a good analogy with with the thorn in the side um because yeah like i i do think there are a lot of people who i, I don't think it's a requirement i'll say that i don't think you know you have to be um you have to be dealing with something yeah. to get in this club or you know you can't get in like you know go find something to worry about and then come back um but yeah, I wouldn't say it's a requirement, but um, you know, it's something that it gives you an outlet, you know, if you are dealing with it. Um, you know, I know people that um, are dealing with a lot, but also just use illustration just for something they like to do. Um, so it just really depends on um, how each individual wants to tie themselves within the work. So there's this really good quote that I like from a Danish philosopher. His name is Soren Kierkegaard, and he himself suffered from a number of mental maladies, most notably like depression and anxiety. And he wrote a book called The Concept of Anxiety. And uh, he wrote, he, he just was a prolific writer and he died relatively young, but he lived a couple hundred years ago. And he had this quote about poets. He said, essentially, uh, he said, what is a poet but a man whose cries sound like music to those who listen? And, and so it's sort of like, do you ever find that you're, you know, and, and they find those, those cries to be sweet, essentially, you know, like, do you ever find that like you write something or, or you, you create some piece of art in the moment of extreme pain? And I don't know if you've ever sh shared something when you've been like shared something that you've created out of uh, like a depressive episode or something where you, or you, maybe you were really anxious and you decided to draw. Like, I don't know if you've ever had, you've created something in those moments I don't know, do, do you, one, do you share those moments? And if you do, how are they typically received? Um, 
Yeah, that's a good question because there have been um, a few instances where where I draw something just purely out of um, emotion and feeling. Um, and if you want, I can send you those to kind of have on the screen as well, um, just for the sake of examples. But um, you know, they're ones that I definitely create out of out of the feeling of you know whether it's immense despair or confusion. Um, to where you know it, it's the the whole process of creating it. You know, it, it's really being able to to add a visual to the way I'm feeling and something about it. That process just makes me feel a little more comfortable that I'm actually able to display this. Um, you know, and, and the times where I share those, they definitely don't get the traction to as opposed to all my other sort of fun illustration stuff. Um, but they do get like the one or or two that are just like wow, like I. I feel this, you know, um, like this, I, I've been there sort of thing. And that's, that, that's one of my main goals, I think, with illustrations is like, I, I really like sharing those really tough moments with people to get to give people a visual to where they can just instantly connect with and be like, wow, I've been there. Because at the end of the day, there are a lot of people who are um, struggling with the same exact things and they feel like they're alone in those. And um, any instance where I can share something to give someone that same feeling of, um, man, like someone else feels the same way, so I don't have to be so alone in the struggle. Um, I, I think that's a, that's a nice feeling to have, and it's a nice thing to be able to share with other people. Do you think that, like, do you think your art in some ways, it's been a tool and it has healed you? Do you think that before you, like, you, you were alone and maybe sad or anxious, like, uh, and, and especially before your art, but even during your, your time as an artist, like you've also mentioned not fitting in and things like that and expressing that through your art. Do you find that in some way your art has healed you? Yeah, that's, um, that's a good question. Cause I, I think it, um, yes and no. I, I think there's sometimes where it has healed me to, um, Help me to think a lot more about the things that I'm dealing with. Um, you know, at right right after I finish an illustration, I find that I come out feeling always feeling better than I did before, or having a better perspective of the thing that I did before. Um, to where I think over a long period of time, just the process of um, being an illustrator and you know having that that same process over and over again, where um, you know. I'm spending five hours in an illustration and that whole time um, I get into this place where uh, I'm not really thinking about the artwork anymore. I'm just letting my, my mind kind of do its thing and kind of get lost in the muse to whereas in the background, like I'm probably thinking about something else entirely. And it, that's kind of why it's a meditative thing to where I'm thinking about that thing. And then at the same time as I'm coming to a conclusion with the artwork, I'm kind of coming to a conclusion with this thought or this idea um, that I'm struggling with. So I think over long periods of time, it's kind of a long process of that kind of happening over and over again to where um, I feel like I'm kind of um, in a better mindset constantly about various certain things. Um, but sometimes, you know, the same issue will come up um, and then I'll just have to kind of work through it with another illustration, so. Mm. Do you find, so you've, since, uh, you know, art used to be a passion thing for you, a hobby, and it it is still to some degree, obviously you still work on personal projects, but do you find that the rep like repetition, like the number of times you've done art and also like the corporatization, like the fact that it's your job, does that ever like sort of rob it of its original flavor and helpfulness? Do you find that it still affects you in the same way, even though you do it for a job and a hobby and you've done it for so long? Yeah, absolutely. It, um, it, it can definitely uh, rub me the wrong way and in times and it's, it's definitely why I'm so focused now on making sure I have the division between what I do at work and what I do in my own time. Um, you know, having, um, being an artist full time, it, you know, makes it so that within this time I'm spending, you know, 40 hours a week um, with, with a vision or creating artwork in a style that's not my own. So it's not very therapeutic to whereas the whole time I'm thinking about the audience only and what they would think and what they want. Um, and, and that can be very exhausting. So it's kind of why in my own time, I, I try to, you know, be a little more selfish with, with what I'm doing with my craft 
um, to make sure that it's, you know, satisfying me that I can make these stories that I want to do. Um, and, you know, selfishly just like set the vision myself and not have to worry about um, appeasing anyone else other than just kind of writing a good story. So I do notice that there's a division in the quality of my work between like when I'm doing uh, projects for work um, or, you know, for a specific client um, as opposed to something that's just for myself. You know, I can, I can still get those things to like the quality um, that I want to them, but I'm not really emotionally attached to them. Um, so at the end of the day, I'm, you know, I'm not too concerned with uh, making sure it's the best in my eyes, but in the best view in the client's eyes to where uh, when I have my personal stuff, it's very much like, what can I do with this to make me happy? Uh, as selfish as that sounds, but I also think it's um, important for everyone to kind of think of, think of that with their craft of like, you know, what am I doing right here that's making me happy? Because if it's not making you happy, then why are you doing it? Mm. Do, do you think, um, like, what, do you plan to continue to always do it uh, for a living or would you ever relegate it back to that passion, hobby status? Would you ever be like, I want to do something entirely different with my working hours and I just want this to be something I do on the side as a passion? Or do you think that since it's grown so much and since you've benefited from it so much, it'll always be something that you do to earn a living? I think it'll always be something I do to earn a living. Um, because this is kind of, um, it, it's evolved into this thing of like, this is what I know in life. Mm. Like um, creative marketing tools is something that I've really honed in on and figured out how to produce for um, businesses and corporations. Um, and, and, you know, I, I just can't really imagine myself doing anything else at this time, just because of kind of how I made my way into the professional world. Um, you know, like I, I went to school for graphic design actually because I wanted to make sure that I had a job because you know the the um, stereotype of artists is like oh there's no work for you out there you know you you go to college and get a degree in art then you know good luck finding a job after that so I got a degree in graphic design just so I could make a living off of you know some uh, branch of illustration and creativity. Um, you know, ended up working out because I got a degree in graphic design, but at the end of the day, I'm in an illustration. Um, but, you know, just being able to still implement that sort of creative vision within the workforce has been really helpful for me. And I can't quite see myself doing anything else. Mm. So, yeah, um, I, it's, I, I think that was also a big motivation for myself for a while as far as pursuing artwork is because um, there was that stereotype a lot of, man, it's going to be really hard for you to find a job in art. So that kind of motivated me even further of like that mentality of like, oh yeah, well I'll show them. And, you know, throughout high school, like working day and night on my artwork, um, you know, it's, there's definitely the side to illustration to where it kind of became a mechanism for me to, to make it in life, you know, mm -hmm. well, angsty teenager me would um you know be really upset like at school and then go back home and be like I'll show them like I'll draw the biggest piece of biggest most fantastic piece of art and they'll all see that I have that I have worth and that I'm mm -hmm. better than what they think I am sort of thing and um it, I mean at, at the end of the day I, I still look back and think that in a way that kind of worked because um you know it it got me to a position that I like it got me to doing artwork full-time and um, moving to Colorado, a state that I really love. Um, so yeah, it was kind of some, uh, some rough motives there, but at the end of the day, like it's still kind of, um, that motivation just to really, um, prove myself that I can get into the field was a, a big part of getting me to where I am now. Do you find that you still have those moments where you where ambition takes over and you're still trying to prove yourself, like you're still trying to validate yourself to all those people who, turn their nose up at artists or just, you know, uh, like basically who either don't understand your field or, you know, think it's a waste of time. Like what, what, like, I guess, do you still sort of have that driver mentality basically? Um, now I, that you've made it. Yeah. I wouldn't say it's more like a personal drive to prove myself personally. Um, you know, because I think having to define your own work is something that, or your own worth is something that everyone has to go through. Um, of uh, like something of like just defining who you are 
um, as a person rather than, you know, hoping that someone else can give that to you. Um, and, you know, that's kind of the mentality that I have, like, you know, if I can do this um, to the best that I can, then it'll give me value and, and people will see me um, in a better light. And um, I, I think that's a flawed perspective um, to keep forever. Um, you know, it helped me for a time, but at the end of the day, I don't want people now to um, think that this defines me as a person or defines my worth. Because at the end of the day, you know, if my hand gets taken from me and I can't do illustration anymore, then who am I? Um, then I'd have to find my purpose all over again. Um, but, you know, it's, I would say now with, with my work, it's now kind of a, a competition with myself to prove um, myself wrong or, or right. It, it, it's, it's a competition, competition where I just want to do better than I did then. It's a competition to myself. Now it's just a competition of, of improving, of improving and just um, really honing in on my craft. Um, and whether, you know, if that's at work and we do a Kickstarter game, then it's like, oh, I want this next game to be even better than that. So, you know, um, in a lighthearted way, it's like, how can I better myself um, than I did then? But um, now, now it's not really any more of a um, trying to do this to prove myself as a person. Mm. So um, you kind of briefly touched on it. Like if you had lost, if you lose your hands, you'll have to figure something else out or find, refine your purpose basically. Well, maybe what if you didn't lose your hands, but what if you got banned from Instagram and you were never allowed to produce art on Instagram? Let's say you lost your job at the same time. Uh, and let's say that you just had, you had no following, you had no artistic job and you couldn't find an artistic job. Would you can still, would you still produce art? And uh, would, would you basically always be trying to make it happen again, basically? If it, if, if it was all taken from you at this moment, would you, one, try to make it happen again? And two, uh, would you continue to produce art in the, uh, regardless? That's a good question. Um, I, I think either way, I, I still would be producing art um, because like, yeah, it, it's fun to share art and everything and everything but um i i always find that so I, I have a project that i'm working on now that i'm getting ready to share um but anytime i i go through this process of like having it for myself and then sharing it whenever i share it um it doesn't quite have the meaning that it used to to me anymore um to where you know now it's kind of in the public eye so now it's something that we're all sharing rather than me just being able to kind of enjoy these creations for myself. Um, so I think if that was all taken, you know, like if the platform was taken from me, I would still be producing work and I probably would try to kind of rebuild, you know, my, my platform just because um, that, that's a part of this that I like. I like being able to create stories and environments that other people will enjoy so that we can just kind of like think about these things together. Mm -hmm. And at the end of the day, like, you know, that's kind of an enjoyment of itself. And that's why people love video games and, and these fantasy worlds is because we can kind of world build these things ourselves and think of, um, oh, who's this character? And like, what is he like? What would he do? Um, being able to share that with other people it, it is really nice and enjoyable. Um, so at the end of the day, yeah, I'd, I'd probably try to rebuild my platform just to share these things because, um, you know, just the community aspect that comes around artwork is really an enriching feature about it. Um, you know, being able to give something, some, someone an idea and then jump on board with it as well. And, uh, you know, one of the best compliments that I, that I get often is like, Hey, is this, is this a game? Is this is a video game. Um, dozens of times that like pops up on my, on my posts. And it's like, that is, um, it's it's quite a nice thing to say because you know people when they play video games they want to immerse themselves into a world so when someone says that about my illustration it's like they want to immerse themselves within this world or this character they want to be surrounded by it and they want to live in it sort of thing so that's that's quite a quite a compliment i find mm, that they that, yeah i yeah artists uh especially illustrative artists and like visual artists uh i think have uh, take part in that same thing of like when someone reads a book uh, they want to be in a world that you made you sh you sort of have this 
almost divine creative process in which someone wants to come live in a world that you made basically. And mm-hmm. like, that's, I, I totally agree that that's very special. You know, like when, so, like I, I get this, like whenever someone likes what I've written and they say like, wow, that made me see something new. It's like, for me, that's yeah. like, I, 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 un- I uncovered a part of their mind for them in a sense, or they like, they, they were able to see through my eyes, my eyes for one solitary yeah. moment. And, and it's definitely that feeling of empathy of like knowing that like, you know, it's that feeling of friendship and, and like brotherhoods and sisterhoods is when you link arms and stand side by side and be able to see a vision for everyone to kind of uh, move after. Like that is that fellowship that you have with people when they say those types of things is, you know, really um, quite an emotion to really make you feel like you are one with the, the people around you. So. That's uh, C.S. Lewis uh, talked about in his book, The Four Loves, The Four Greek Loves. He talks about philia, which is the brotherly love. And he had mentioned, uh, he mentions that friendship is born at the moment in which two people look on uh, at each other and say, oh, uh, you too? Like, you, you see that right. too? You see the same truth as me? You understand that part of reality, you know? Like, mm-hmm. and that's, that is some special, some special th- uh, part of that creative process that you get uh, but you get to share with, you know, on, on your platform, some 36 or 40,000 people, you, you get to have that process with maybe, you know, I saw maybe 14,000 people liked your last post, I think. And like, maybe even if it was just 200 people saw it in the way you wanted them to see it, you had a, essentially that moment of friendship with 200 strangers around the world, you know, like, and that's very, yeah. like, I, I agree that that's very special. Yeah, that's a good point. Um, because yeah, like at the end of the day, like after, you know, 14,000 people like a post, so like, wow, I just made 14,000 friends. Like, yeah. 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 And that, that never before have we lived in a time in which you can, you can, you can create something in your bedroom and, and even start and build a platform from your bedroom, essentially. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and then develop a community and friendship with thousands of people around the world, uh, just by, yeah. you know, posting something on a on a on essentially a public bubble uh, bulletin board that's exposed to you know i don't know two billion people or whatever yeah absolutely and like you know that's that's how people get followings these days are you know because they're following someone whose ideas they like and you know um ideas that other people jump on board with like that was a big thing with the last series that i posted on my instagram was like those um dinosaur characters um it's different dinosaurs each one has a specific job um, or a class. Like there's a, a farmer, a blacksmith, and a, um, a guardsman, etc. cetera. Um, for these dinosaurs, each have like a different um, job affiliated with them. So like brontosaurus is the farmer, blacksmith, triceratops. Um, to where it was just kind of this, this ongoing um, process that people started picking up on. And that's kind of what, what builds one of these series. And it, it's really nice because you know, at, at one point, I decided to let the audience kind of influence the next one, um, gave them some options of like uh, jobs and, and dinosaurs for them to pick. And, and people got really excited. And, and people like are always still like commenting on like, oh, the next one should be a, a Parasaurolophus with, with this or a Dimetrodon with this sort of thing. So um, just seeing people like get their excitement and their, their, their brains running of like the next creative idea. Um, has been really fun just because it's it's all these people jumping on board with this same idea and the same enjoyment of this world of of dinosaur jobs um so yeah at the end of the day like that's what that's what's so fun about building a platform is you know i start with like hey i have an idea um you know then i build it and it's like oh like well the people like this idea and then you know if they do that's great but you know if, if they don't at the end of the day it's still like Hey, I like this idea. And that's, that's kind of all I need. So I think we've been talking for a while, but I kind of want to finish up on one, one uh, question maybe that um, people might be interested in and it may be a twofold question. Uh, so one, uh, what would you recommend to someone who wants to do what you're doing? Like, where would you recommend they start? Uh, they want to become a, an illustrator and develop uh, the type of career that you developed and two, what what advice would you have given yourself when you first started out? Like, what would you tell yourself, you know, 18-year-old Alex before he went to college to major in this and become, make this crystallize your future? Like, what would you, what, what like, piece, big piece of information would you want to give your younger self or maybe someone just starting out? And then also, how, did, how would you recommend someone start out doing what you're doing? Yeah, good questions. 
Um, so the first one of what I would say to people wanting to start with illustration um, is that it, it's you definitely have to find um, your own enjoyments and, and things that you like as an individual. Um, something that I get a lot on Instagram or, or just the whole of Instagram is everyone's so concerned about um, a style and, and like kind of finding their own voice. And a lot of people want to find their own voice um, by mimicking someone else's voice, which doesn't always work. You know, um, you're not going to find yourself um, growing into someone else's shoes um, that's made if it's made specifically for them. Um, so I, I think that's a big part of it is really, um, you know, it, it's good to look at other artists and see what you admire and, and witness techniques. But at the end of the day, you really have to make it your own. Uh, make it something that you are doing for your enjoyment, um, whether it be the subjects or the medium that you are creating. Um, and it, it definitely takes discipline, you know. Uh, don't just make one drawing and be really upset about it and think you're not a good artist. Like, it takes that reputation. It takes getting through a lot of really bad drawings. Um, and believe me, I know, like, I, I've, I have a whole sketchbooks of, of, of drawings that I never want to look at again because they make me cringe. Um, but that's something you got to work through it and you're not going to get there without going through that. So find your own voice, um, find your own style. You know, don't think that you have to find it right away. It's just something that comes naturally. And the more you're not concerned about it, um, the more you'll find it. And for the second question, as far as what I would tell myself, um, man, that's something that I've, I've actually kind of thought about a little bit because you know, the, the cliche thing would, would be to go back and, and tell your younger self of like, oh, just don't worry about it. Like, it, it's all going to be okay. Like, you know, hey, you're going you're gonna to get a really nice creative job that you like one day. Um, but I feel like if I would have heard that, I would have taken it easy and maybe I wouldn't have worked as hard. Um, but, you know, I, I think it, it would just be something where I just would give myself encouragement just to continue to, to pursue the things that I like. Um, and really start to just do it out of enjoyment and, and fun. Like, um, don't let your focus be to get the attention of others. Um, you know, that, that comes after it if they're really on board for what you're doing, but don't let that be your motive. Um, let your motive be the enjoyment of the process, the enjoyment of, of creating. Um, just remain patient and stay disciplined. Excellent. Well, Alex, I really appreciate you taking the time to join me uh, today. Uh, do you just want to let the people know where they can find your work and, and what you're doing? Yeah, thanks, Adam. And again, thanks for having me. Really big fan of what you do here on Tweaking Optimism. Um, yeah, if you guys want to find me, you can see me on Instagram at axbraun, A-X-B-R-A-U-N, or my website, axbraun.com. Um, and stay tuned because I, I am working on an online shop that I should potentially have open um, in a few weeks. Awesome. Well, great. Uh, thanks for tuning in and we'll see you guys in the next one. Thanks, Adam. Thank you for taking the time to listen to this episode of the Will Work for Purpose podcast. If you liked what you, li what you heard here, uh, you can find the podcast wherever major podcasts are found, as well as YouTube. So you can find it on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, YouTube, uh, Stitcher, uh, etc. Wherever you listen to your podcast, you can find this podcast. If you want to support the work that I'm doing, uh, subscribing is a good way to help. Or you can check out the merch store, and the link for that will be in the description below. And you can buy this sweatshirt that I, I've been wearing, which is the anti-nihilism or the anti-meaninglessness sweatshirt. So thanks for watching. Leave your impressions of the show in the comments below or wherever you happen to be listening to this. And uh, if you want to be on the podcast yourself or want me to interview someone, you can contact me at mosley at tweakingo.com. And you can find the rest of my work at tweakingo.com. Again, thanks for listening, and I'll see you in the next one.